1: If the willingness to give is there, then then the gift is acceptable according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. Think through that with me. That's amazing. That means that if you are willing to give and yet you don't have, in your heart, you're giving anyway. And so God says, I'm going to count it as, I see your willingness, and so, ching there you go. I'm giving you credit. That means then that someone who's giving a lower monetarily amount may actually be giving more than somebody's giving a bigger monetary amount.
0: God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need any of your possessions. So why does he ask us to give? As Pastor Danny will explain in today's message, our giving is all about the faith in our hearts and not about what we're actually giving. When you give of your material blessings, you're demonstrating that your trust is not in those things, but in the God who gave them to you. So even if you have next to nothing, God will value your gift the same or even greater than a million dollar donation. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Exodus chapter 35 as he continues his message, The Tabernacle. To every nation.
1: looking for fruit that might abound to your account. Paul knew this principle. Paul knew that as they invested in his ministry, that it was adding to their heavenly bank account. It also keeps my heart right. keeps my heart on the things of heaven. Matthew 6, verse 21, Where your treasure is, Jesus says, there your heart will be also. It'll keep possessions from possessing us. I don't want my possessions to possess me. Nothing wrong with enjoying what God graciously gives us. But don't let those things and don't let that money own you. In another chapter, Chuck Swindoll talks about this. And he says, I actually put it in my notes, He talks about those who are eagle-like in their faith. And he says, those are committed individuals and they live with shallow tent pegs. They may own things, but nothing owns them. They have come to terms with merchandise that has a price tag and opted for commitment to values that are priceless. Heavenly values. Now, I want to give you some biblical principles to give by. And these are so positive. Uh, one, give with the understanding that it all belongs to God anyway. David, when he's offering to the Lord for the building of the temple, he said in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 14, publicly, as he's praying to the Lord, he said, Lord, who are we that we have the privilege of giving to You so generously? And what we've given, it all comes from Your hand. Where did he learn that? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Because there it tells us that it's God who gives us the ability to produce wealth. You think you're so smart? You think you're so wise? You think your business is successful just because of you? No. Your business is successful because of God. If God had not given you the ability, you would have nothing. Everything comes from the Lord. I love what Paul reminds us through Timothy too. Listen. You came butt naked in the world, you're leaving butt naked out of the world. The only thing you're taking with you is what you invest in heaven. So give with the understanding that it all belongs to God. It all belongs to God. Everything we have is a gift from God. Give according to how God has blessed you. Now, I almost wish I had to put a different scripture there, but that one, Paul is taking offerings for the poor saints in Jerusalem, and he's telling the church in Corinth, a very practical thing to set aside a sum each week in keeping with their income. In other words, give according to how God has blessed you. And that's a principle in Scripture. Another one you want to put down on this one that I think is, is absolutely tremendous and you need to, you need to know it. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. Chapters 8 and 12 of 2 Corinthians. Oh, both those chapters are all about giving and the blessedness of giving. And in 2 Corinthians 8, 12, um, God tells us there that if the willingness to give is there then then the gift is acceptable according to what one has and not according to what one does not have. Think through that with me. That's amazing. That means that if you are willing to give and yet you don't have, in your heart, you're giving anyway. And so God says, I'm going to count it as, I see your willingness and so, ching, there you go. I'm giving you credit. That means then that someone who's giving a lower monetarily amount may actually be giving more than somebody's given a bigger monetary amount. Let me show you that in the Scriptures. In the Scriptures, Mark's Gospel, chapter 12. Mark's Gospel, chapter 12. Jesus takes an occasion to teach His disciples, and of course He recorded it for us so He can teach us. Chapter 12, Mark's Gospel, verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and He watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people throw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling His disciples to Him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. That means that somebody who gives $5 to the Lord may in actuality, by heaven's evaluation, be giving more than somebody that gives $500 if the person that gave $5 is giving more sacrificially than the person that gave 500 Wow. What a great evaluation. A heavenly evaluation. That God judges more by what we keep than by what we give. And he says, "I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make your account based on what you have." That's cool stuff. It reminded me of my grandmother who helped raise me. Last part of the years of her life, she wasn't able to get out physically. She was bedridden. She was home-ridden. And every now and then, I would see her write a check for $5. No kidding. To Emmanuel Baptist Church. And give it to my mother. And say, would you put that in the offering for me? My grandmother never had much of anything The little bit she had, she got from just a little bit of Social Security. Very little bit. And to see her write that $5 check comes back to my mind. And I realize now, that $5 check was worth much more than $5 by heaven's standards. And I thank God for my grandmother and her faith. Give according to how God's blessed you. And then 2 Corinthians 9, and we don't have time to turn to all these tells us where to give generously and cheerfully. I had those as two points, but they're both in the same passage, and I knew I wouldn't have time, so I just put them all together. It tells us there, remember, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. And it goes on to say that God will make us rich in every way so that on all occasions we'll be able to be generous. Generous. Malachi, and I've mentioned it earlier, chapter 3, verse 10. After God rebukes the Israelites for their failure in their tithing, their mandatory giving under the law, then God says to them in chapter 3, verse 10, test me in this. In other words, get right with God and test me in this. And if you'll do what I've asked you to do, and you'll do it faithfully. He says, test me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out on you such a blessing you won't be able to contain. It. You say, that's Old Testament stuff. Okay. Let's go to the New Testament. I want you to read with me out loud what Jesus said. You ready? Here we go. Give, and it'll be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. Isn't that cool? Somebody coined it, and they coined it from all these verses we're talking about. You can't outgive God. It's impossible to outgive God because we give. And then he says, Watch this. I'm going to give you. Shake it. Press it down. Shake it some more. Fill it up. Overflow. Woohoo! Man, giving is not a heavy thing, it's a wonderful privilege. Now, there are times, there are times, when God leads us, that we're to give sacrificially. Paul the Apostle was going around taking offerings for the poor saints in Jerusalem because famine had hit in the land of Israel and beyond. And Paul, knowing that there was great need financially with the saints in Jerusalem, in the churches he planted and that he ministered to, he was taking offerings for the poor saints in Jerusalem. But evidently, when he comes to the Macedonian churches, they were so financially destitute, that he's not going to ask them for anything. And he records something that's amazing here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 because somehow they heard about these offerings that he was taking for the saints in Jerusalem. And he says in verse 1 chapter 8, now brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. They gave. But they gave beyond their ability. And there are examples in the Bible that at times God will lead someone to do that. But when He leads you to do it, you can know by faith that He's going to provide for you. Even though you gave when it didn't make sense. Even though you gave when it didn't allow the budget, the ends to meet. But by faith, somehow, God comes through. And He takes care of even those, and especially those that at times, when He leads them to, give sacrificially now we're headed toward the end but don't lose me yet. I want to give you something that I think is so practical in terms of a principle in giving give the tithe first tithe means 10% you say isn't that Old Testament stuff not in my opinion Proverbs 3 verse 9 honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your increase Barna Research Group that does all this Christian research tells us that the next generation, the younger generation in the church, are not nearly the givers that my generation was. I'm not saying that as a negative. Uh, According to Barna, that's just a fact. I want to challenge some young people here. Young people, you may be just starting out. You may have a a basic job earning minimum wage. You're a Christian even earning minimum wage. Begin to honor the Lord with 10%. 10%. I believe the tithe is biblical throughout the Scriptures. Genesis 14, before the law, Abraham gave a tenth to Melchizedek. Melchizedek is Christ. It's reiterated in Hebrews chapter 7 in an eternal context of giving the tenth to Christ. The tenth biblically represents all of it. So when we give a tithe, we're saying it's all yours. It's all yours. I know I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for you. So I give you a tithe. Jacob in chapter 28 of Genesis said, Lord, if you'll take care of me and be my God, I'll give you a tenth of all I get. Those were giving principles before the law. Reiterated again, beyond the law. Hebrews 7, Melchizedek. Now you say, I don't have the faith to give 10%. And it doesn't make sense for my budget for me to give 10%. Okay? Between you and the Lord. Then start with a percentage. Determine a percentage. Percentage whatever percentage you determine pray about it first and say okay lord what percentage go with your gut whatever you feel the lord's telling you and then you watch god take care of you you watch god you're not able to outgive god it's not possible and then after that lower percentage then as your faith increases increase the percentage and get to a tenth and once you get to a tenth you probably won't stop there because then after the tenth you then you then you free will offer And I say give the tithe first because I've known people. Two people came up to me last night and said, you know, I was confused on this because I've been given my tithe all kind of different places. Now, if every Christian in every local church gave their tithe just wherever, whenever, how in the world can church leadership in a local church make a budget? There's always been a system, always been a godly system with Leadership accountability to give through, first and foremost. First and foremost. In the New Testament, it's the local church. The local church has to pay uh, the the leadership. That's a principle in Scripture. All right? Uh, Supporting missionaries. That's a principle in Scripture. Thank God we're at a point in our new work here at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, we're starting to add staff. And let me tell you, it's saving my life. We're starting to get organized. But it costs money. But the good thing is, we have a budget, and the budget is based on the regular giving of God's people. And if there's not a regular standard of giving for us, each of us, including me, through the church to the Lord, how in the world can the church leadership set a budget every year? That's why I say... Give to the Lord first and foremost through the church. Now, I believe the tithe should go through the church. I know some people, though, that are so wealthy, they say my tithe to go to one church, it would ruin the church. They'd have too much money. But look, I'm just saying my opinion. If somebody's really blessed materially and they want to divide their tithe between local churches, that's between them and the Lord. That's between them and the Lord. But you ought to at least least give a tithe. And if you don't have faith for the tithe, work your way up to it. Work your way up to it. But there ought to be some regular standard of giving that we give to the Lord through the local church for the ministry of the church. For the ministry of the church. And if I had more time, I could give you lots of Scriptures on that. But you don't need me to do that right now. And we don't have time. Last but not least, give yourself to the Lord first. All other giving is easy after that. Paul said about these Macedonian Christians, verse five of Second Corinthians eight, they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with his will. If God has me, he has my money. If God has me, he has my possessions. Give yourself first to the Lord. And all the giving will be easy. Paul says in 2 Corinthians there, just as you excel in all these other Christian characteristics, I pray that you excel in this grace of giving. Now, I have set you up. I have set you up. But I haven't done it deceptively. As far as I can judge my own heart, I've done it with a pure heart. But it's based on our reading. It's based on our study of the tabernacle. It's based on the giving for the constructing and the furnishing of the tabernacle. I don't get people now that say churches shouldn't build buildings. Well, where are we going to meet? We're going to meet at your house? All of us going to fit at your house? No, no. We need a building. We have a building. But this building, for us to be able to do everything that God has put on my heart and the leadership's heart to do, this is what we want. For the glory of God and the furtherance of the kingdom. It means taking down some houses. First house to go is the we call the B house over here. And once we get that house down, we extend the second story over this way. And the first thing on the priority list, and that is children's ministry. And the kind of children's ministry, the kind of children's ministry where parents and children walk in and go, Wow. I'm not saying we're going to have the budget of Disney World, but we're going to have something that looks as good as anything at Disney World. Walk in and go, wow! We want to take part of that building and make a dorm. Because we want an on-campus training center for young people. One year school, spring and fall. We're going to take them through the whole Bible in two semesters. The whole Bible. We're going to teach them the whole Bible in two semesters. It's going to be intensive. It's going to be, as my son would say, sick. in a good way. We're going to let them out, help us out in ministry around the church. We're going to help them, let them help out with outreach. We're going to train them as best as we know how. And then in the summer, we're going to be doing cross-cultural mission trips by faith all over the globe. We got open doors now in El Salvador, we got open doors in Haiti, we got open doors in Mexico. I got re, I'm got. Re, i reigniting relationships that I've had in Russia, and we've seen tremendous ministry in Russia over the years. I mean, we're just going to be going all over the globe. And we're going to use these, these students to help us, but we're going to involve the whole church as well. So the summer, as I envision things, is going to be one big global emphasis. And we're going to be making a difference for the kingdom of God around the world carrying out the Great Commission. I can't wait. It's going to help solve the parking problem, but I don't know if we'll ever totally solve it. But we get this done, guess what? We go somewhere else, we reproduce it somewhere. We take the people we're training, we take the people Donathan's training in music, we find the anointed worship leaders, and we take a group and we say, let's go plan another world. God spoke to me and my wife in restarting. He said, your most fruitful days are ahead of you. I believe that. I believe that. Your most fruitful days are ahead of you. We're going to start a preschool that especially helps single parents. We're not going to, we're not going to start a preschool to make money. We're going to start a preschool that has to operate in the black. Hopefully, we'll be able to subsidize it by the Lord's people's offerings so that we make it as inexpensive as possible for single parents. I don't know how they do it. And as we close, here's all I ask you to do. Continue to be faithful in your regular giving to the Lord through the church. If you do not honor the Lord with any of your paycheck, my goodness, you are missing out. You are missing out. Would you start this week or next paycheck? You decide the percentage. If you have the faith to start with the tithe, I would say start with the 10%. And give him 10% off the gross, not the net. The gross, not the net. Give him 10% off what you earn by faith. If you can't give the tenth, start with some percentage and be faithful with it. And as we give collectively together, on a weekly, bi-weekly, however often you get paid, then we're going to set the budget based on that. And listen, we are well in the black. We will not spend more than God gives through His people. We won't do that. We're going to be financially responsible. And we're going to have accountability in doing so. We're going to get an outside firm every year to come in and look at all of our finances. We're going to do things as much as possible to honor the Lord in the right way. But in this, this is a special project. This is not your regular budget item. And here's what I ask you to consider. Just go to the Lord. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And if the Lord moves your heart and puts an amount on your heart, then you give it. If you want to give specifically to the building fund, you can do that. But you don't have to. Last but not least, I ask you to consider doing what Paul said to the Corinthian churches. 1 Corinthians 16.2 in keeping with your income, on a regular basis, set aside a sum in keeping with your income. Whatever God puts on your heart. If it's $5, great. If it's $2, if it's $10, 500 whatever it is. But maybe on a regular basis, not just a one offering, but several offerings over the next few weeks and months. And here's what I, by faith, believe I'm going to be able to do. I believe I'm going to be able to come back and say to the church, don't give any more. For our building project. I really, I really, no, I really believe I'm going to be able to say that. I believe I'm going to be able to stand here and say, don't bring any more. We've got enough for the project. And now we'll just keep operating the regular budget by the regular giving of God's people. Isn't that exciting?
0: We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message again, please visit church. We'd like to take a moment and offer you an opportunity to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join us in praying for the listeners of this program? Pray that God would touch each person with His love and that their hearts would be open to the truth of the gospel. Please also pray for us. We want to continue following God's plan for this program, no matter where He asks us to go. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to the living Word? This program is professionally produced to provide the best quality messages possible so as not to distract from God's truth. That does incur some costs, though. So if you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and click on the online giving guide under Forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share the good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thank you for praying about this. That website, one more time, is ccfstpete.church. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for being a part of our time here today on The Living Word.